Hi, and welcome to the 10th episode of Mother-Daughter Book Talk. I'm Alexis. And I'm Christine. And today we will be discussing Shatter Me and Destroy Me by Tahre Mafi. Juliet Ferrars has been locked up in an insane asylum for 264 days for something she didn't mean to do. Now, the inescapable reestablishment wants to turn her into the monster she's been afraid of becoming, but after reuniting with the one person who has ever shown her kindness, she finally has a reason to keep living. Okay, now we are going to start discussing the book, so if you haven't read it yet, press pause, read the book, and come back when you're done. This is your official spoiler warning. Okay, so this is like one of my favorite series of all time, and I basically forced this series down your throat, Mother. You did, it, but I will say, once I started, I could not stop. You finished like two books, like I would give you a book, go upstairs for like virtual school, and I'd come down and be needing the next two books. I have to say- You didn't sleep that week. I, I did not sleep You finished that the series in yes. a week. Yes. That's I- 10 books. They were very addicting, and I needed to know how it was going to end. I mean, you're lucky, because when I was reading the series, I had to check them all out from the library, on the virtual library, and I had to wait over a month for (laughs) Defy Me, after the huge cliffhanger from Restore Me, but we're not going to get into that right now, but you're lucky. I'm very lucky. You're (laughs) welcome. If it was was Switch, you would have just bought the book. Let me just say, if you have not read this series yet which i hope if you're listening you already have at least read the, the first, first book. book well the and, first book and, and the half. first novella because uh what i was gonna say is if you have not read them yet this is the perfect series to binge if you're on vacation mm-hmm. if you're sick if you're you know just having a down week because like i said I was sucked in and could not I know. stop. I was sucked in from the first sentence. Yeah. That first sentence like, oh, this is going to be a good book. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we start out the book and we meet Juliet. We don't know her name initially because you're just kind of thrown into, thrown this, into world. this world. Which, she- by the way, Tehedemafi's use of like figurative language and diction and like stylistic writing is so beautiful beautiful yes and beautiful. that's what really drew me in like i saw that and i was like oh my gosh i love this and i originally listened to it in the audiobook so i had no idea what was going on with the whole like cross outs because i would just hear like something like saying something like the the narrator would go Shh, and i was like what is going on yes <laughs> which for that i am not insane part like imagine just she just says it all over and over and over again i am not insane Shh, i am not insane Shh over and over and over again for like a page and a half i was like what is going on so all of you if you listened to the book like alexis did for the first time for the first time every time you hear that it was crossing out in juliet's journal okay but that brings up a good question so is this whole thing taking place in her journal or is it in her head because like some parts it seems like oh my gosh wait it makes sense that she's writing all the stuff that's happening down and like crossing out different things she's going to say but, like in other parts it's like but when would she have had the opportunity to write this down i think it's both i it's think like a mixture it's a mixture and i think for her because she is so limited in the amount of space that she can write things down in her journal mm-hmm. that she almost writes it in her head quotes yeah. 
So then she's maintaining that aspect of freedom. Free well, talking. Mm-hmm. Because when we meet Juliet, she is locked up in an insane asylum. For two hundred sixty four days. Yes, two hundred sixty four days she's been alone with nobody to talk to, nobody to interact with, you know, it's mm-hmm. your it, complete solitude. So like I said, with her journal, she stole this journal from a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so she uses that journal as a way to, to keep herself sane. keep herself sane. And that's her way of talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will say, though, one thing I didn't get was she had said that she hadn't spoken to someone, or she hadn't spoken a word in 264 days. But that's not true, because we learned later during Destroy Me that she was, like, counting to herself and, like, talking. So, like, I don't get She like- doesn't count talking to herself as talking. Mm-hmm. Because, let's be honest, she was questioning her sanity. Fair enough. So if she's talking to herself, is she really talking? Sane? Yeah, you okay, know. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, I will say one thing I didn't notice. Like, this was like I've read the series a lot. I still didn't notice that in this very first book, there's the line "Hello world, you will forget me." The very top of the cover of the very last book, "Imagine Me," is "Hello world, you will not forget me," or "Hello world, you will remember me." One of those two. But well, let's not do spoilers. But it's but. not like it's not like a weird thing. It's just the cover. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait! I didn't realize they had a mafia like tied it in, tied it back. That's so yeah. cool. So, do you think you would be able to maintain your sanity? Hell no! I can barely maintain my sanity normally. Right. I would say the idea of being cold. I would kill myself right then and there. No, okay, you're not saying, oh, the mistreatment, oh, the being so isolated. No, being cold is the devil. I, I, you I lived in Chicago in the winter. I quit a job within two weeks of starting <laughs> because my boss liked to keep it so cold because he thought the cold made him think better. So he kept, it's the middle of July in Chicago, so it's like hot outside. I was wearing a jacket in the office, like a winter jacket. And you yelled me for wearing a sweatshirt to school. But I quit in t- within two weeks because I could not handle it. So the, the cold, I'd be like, peace out. I'm done. <laughs> just, just please put me in the chair, you know, give me an injection. We're done with this. <laughs> They would realize you like the, you hate the cold. They'd make it colder. I know. <laughs> How did you survive the snow apocalypse this year? If you hate that well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So anyway, I have a question. Yeah. So right from the first chapter, when they introduce Adam, she's like, "You're a b- 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 boy." Yeah. What is so like? She just hasn't seen anyone. So seeing anyone would be crazy. But what was so specific about boy? Because, like, I originally, when I first thought, I thought it was, like, what they were doing in the book Delirium. And, like, oh, like, love is, like, the disease and, like, something bad about it. So I thought that's why she was afraid of a boy. But no, it's just, nothing really came up that. No, I think it was, you haven't had any interaction whatsoever. And then you get somebody of the opposite sex locked in with you. Mm-hmm. It was just very 
intimidating. And Adam's not the smallest <laughs> guy. Like, he's a pretty Fair buff enough. guy. Fair enough. So. With a perfect muscle. Blah, 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 blah. Like, she kept going on and on and on about him. And we don't learn Adam's name initially. Yeah. He just comes into her cell and is, like, staring at her. You know, he stole... Well, she's sleeping, first of all. She wakes up and she sees his face hovering over her yeah. face. Like, what the hell? That'd be terrifying. Yeah. So, he also stole her bed the first night. Which also... Frick you! Yeah, jerk. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. So, you know, I I would be intimidated, too, if I were... Oh, yeah, I would be terrified. I just didn't think that it would be so... Like, if anyone did that to me, I would be terrified. Not if it's just a boy Yeah. But I have to say, when he burned his hand on the tray, so he grabbed the tray and she karma. was trying to, yeah, there was a bit of karma and I might have laughed a little bit. Like, ha ha, that's what you get. Same. Okay, but speaking of that, I would have really liked to see Juliet when she first got into the asylum and had to learn it. Like, that would be so depressing to read, but it would also be so interesting, you know? Right. Because like, we have Juliet's journal, but that's not really about her actual experience in the asylum. That's more about, like... Her depression. Right. So she ends up, like, leading this boy through the routines. Mm-hmm. So, like, you've got only a couple minutes to shower. You... Which also, I, that would be the end of me. Yes, that would be And the water's me. not hot, so yes. <laughs> that would be my end. <laughs> well, no, let's be honest. You wouldn't care. you just own your stink and be like, oh, I would not. Nobody's around me, so it doesn't matter. I, would not, I hate the feeling of that. No, I know. I'm teasing you. Mm-hmm, sure. Are you trying to tell me something? No, but you don't have ten hours to shower, so. Shh. <laughs> well, I don't have audiobooks to listen to in the shower this time. <laughs> that even takes me so long. I was going to say, maybe the fact that you're listening to audiobooks while you shower <laughs> is you, you indicative don't, don't like of silence. The, the fact that you don't. <laughs> you should maybe shorten your showers a little Shh. bit. Maybe pick a song. I did that. I did that. And then it just kept playing the next song. I know. I'm saying pick a song. No, but then it repeats. And then I keep singing it over and over again. No. Yeah, I know. Anyway. So, Juliet teaches this boy how to survive and last in this environment. And, I mean, she makes it seem normal for her which but, is depressing as all hell right but then she you know as she's sleeping she still like screams at night and that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. obviously it's still affecting her oh yeah if you were this boy <laughs> i'd be like oh what would you think <laughs> well like, okay actually it would be two situations one if i was like actually out of a situation like being sent in by warner or if i was just someone who was put in the cell with her which one just someone put in the cell okay we don't know i that. would be like oh god no what have i gotten myself into yeah what and she keeps asking like right what did you do like why are you here that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so we don't know to be fair he he asks her that a lot too yeah he asked her first i think so speaking of your discussion about how tahare mafi writes and mm-hmm. how beautiful like right off like this is like chapter two mm-hmm. you know one thing that i read that just really spoke to me was sometimes i think 
the loneliness inside of me is going to explode through my skin. I read that and I was just like, wow, that is, you know, I cannot Mm -hmm. imagine how she must be feeling. And, you know, to read that, it was just so powerful to me because I I couldn't handle it. I could Mm -hmm. not handle not having human interaction. And then also, I can't remember the warmth of any kind of embrace. That's depressing. Absolutely. So we we learn at this point, Juliet does not have human interactions the way that mm-hmm. normal humans do. So she can't. So it's it's very sad. One of the lines that really stuck with me was, I spend my life folded between the pages of a book. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what spoke to me. Because like, yeah. whenever I feel lonely, I go to books. And like, that was my big, like, especially like, when I went to different schools, I didn't have friends. That's what I really, like, relied on to kind of help me cope with my loneliness. And so, like, hearing that in a character was really hidden home for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And then, literally, she does spend her life full between the pages of a book because she it's a book character. So, nice one to hit a mafia. Nice one. Yeah. So, after the shower incident, mm-hmm. when they go to shower, this boy wraps... The blanket. His blanket around Juliet's shoulders. And he apologized for stealing and from he apologized. And So what do you think caused him to actually start being nice to Because her? He, she saved him. She taught him the routine. She, like, kind of showed him everywhere he was supposed to go and kind of helped him despite everything. And plus, I mean, in hindsight, we all know why he helped her. Yeah. But at that point, she doesn't know why. So mm-hmm. that would, like, freak me out, like... Okay, but also, how does she immediately connect the dots that this is the one guy she never spoke to from, like, seventh grade? Because, like, I can barely remember some of my friends' names who I've spoken to, like, every day for, like, a year. And yet she immediately recognizes someone. Well, she said he looked familiar. But, like, she immediately like, those eyes. I can never forget those eyes. And Yeah. I'm like, girl, you never spoke to him. This was, like, seventh grade. But I think it's because the kids at school never included her, so all she could do is watch. I know, but, like, come on. Like, she immediately puts those dots together, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I see someone who I've spoken to every day for a year, and I'm like, what's your name again? So, yeah, that's, like, where I don't connect with Julia. I'm like, girl, what kind of photographic memory you got? (laughs) I have a note here. Chapter four. She says... I am not insane. <laughs> okay. My response to her, girl, you are insane. <laughs> girl, if you have to say that, then. Yes. You're insane. Who are you trying to convince? You or me? I said any sane person would be insane in your shoes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I mean, there's there's got to be some mental damage from being put into that situation. I mean, yeah. In, uh, that's why uh, solitary confinement is so inhumane now these days. Yeah. Because people go crazy with that solitude. Because humans are naturally social creatures. So they need that interaction. So if she's been alone with her own thoughts and this guilt and self-loathing building up for days, weeks, and months, and almost a year. I mean, she's had this self-loathing for years. Yeah. So, like, of course she's going to go crazy. Like, what else is there to do? Exactly. So we then learn a little bit about Juliet's parents. 
And you want to bake her cookies? I do. I want to bake her cookies. I want to tell her she can come to our house to, to stay because, I mean, any parent that tells their child she ruined their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I ruined their lives, what they said to me. I stole their happiness, destroyed any chance they ever had of having children again. Yeah. I mean, that just breaks my heart. It does! It breaks my heart! So, yeah, I want to bake cookies. I want to bake her cookies? Yes. I want to bake her cookies, too. I want to bake her I want to give her the cookies we baked today. Mm-hmm. She can come live with us. And this world that she paints that is very dystopian. Mm-hmm. You know, animals and people are starving to death. Mm-hmm. Nature is dying. Birds no longer fly. You know, it's... Speaking of, okay, that bird... The white bird with I the golden crown. I don't get that. Like, okay, I don't get the connection between Julia and Adam with that. Like, I think it's explained later in the series, but I still don't understand it at all. Because, like, what? She, okay, she dreams about this bird. He dreams about this bird. He gets a tattoo of this bird. But, like, why do they both dream about this bird? That's never explained why. Are you sure? Yes! Not in this book. No, I'm sure it's never explained in general. Are you sure? We're going to have a conversation about this after the episode. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll sidebar this. We'll sidebar this. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. Animals and people are dying. People are starving. People are dying. The children are crying. Reestablishment is destroying books. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. So, I mean, this sounds awful. It does. So, in a way, does Juliet have it better off? I think so. Yes and no. Yes and no. Physically, yes. Mentally, no. So, because she doesn't have to starve. She gets meals once a day. Real quick, though. Yeah. That food. They had said that the uh, reestablishment had tested her for that, like, radiation reaction. And she said the food always tasted weird, whether it was sour or sweet or salty or something. Do you think there was some of that testing chemicals in the food? Secondly, also, do you think the radiation doesn't affect people with gifts? Because we learn later that both Kenji and Adam supposedly have gifts. We know Kenji does for certain at the end of this book. And we know that Adam most likely does. So do you think that because all three of them were not affected by this radiation, it's because they are all these special power peoples? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I think anyone who doesn't get reaction to the radiation the way that they do, that's an easy way to test somebody's. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, if you don't have a gift and you go into the radiation, you die. So sorry. You don't have a gift and you're going to die. Yay! (laughs) So, I wouldn't use that as a test to see if somebody has a gift. But, yeah, I think it's a clear indication that mm-hmm. if you're going to survive... Then Omega Point should just, like, put themselves underneath the, like, radiation areas. And none of them would be a fa- Oh, wait, no, because they have people who aren't... Well, do we know anything about this yet? Let's... let's yes, because Omega Point is the very end of the book. Well, let's talk in order. Okay, fine. So... You're so boring. Okay, well, anyway, so she and this boy, Adam, know each other. They went Barely. To, they went to school together. Okay. And... Although I will say I do like the childhood best friend romance cliche. Yeah. She 
you know, learns that this is the boy who always seemed to be nice to her, stick up for her. Never spoke to her. Never spoke to her. But had a horribly abusive father. Yeah, like to the point where his father beat him bad enough that she threw up mm -hmm. because of the sight of watching his dad beat on him. Mm -hmm. I need to bake Adam some cookies too. <laughs> <laughs> I need to bake everyone in this like book series cookies. They're all yeah, depressed. They're all traumatized. Like oh that's the problem. Like is... Kenji says later, we're all too young to deal with this shit. And I'm like, yes you are. You all need cookies. Yes, it's it's really bad that... You know, these kids have lived through such horribleness. Mm -hmm. And that society has spiraled so far out of control mm -hmm. that it's almost thrusted them into adulthood at yeah. very young ages. It's very hard to remember that they are these young 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Like, Warner, the whole big baddie of this book, he's 19. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. So, why doesn't she just tell Adam at this point that she remembers him? Like, when they're still in the, in the asylum, like, he tells her, you know, th that he went to school with her, you know, whatever. But she... But she he does not say that in the asylum. Oh, I thought he did. Okay. No! It's not revealed. Oh, yeah, she... no, no, no. She, she remembers him, but she doesn't say anything. I don't know, but Julia doesn't realize that communication is key, people! Right. I'm going to say that a lot, because Juliet, she infuriates me sometimes. Right. Especially during the next book. So why not say, hey, dude, your name is Adam, and you went to school with me. I know who you are. It's because, like, imagine how embarrassing it would be if, like, you went up to someone, and it was like, oh, wait, hi, I remember you, and they're like, they have no idea who you are. You never spoke to them. Ever. Yeah. Like, that would be mortifying. So, chapter seven, we learn that her parents got rid of her yeah. when she was 14. Because... You, you regret not getting rid of me two years ago? No. Because she killed someone. Fair enough. I mean, to kill someone at such a young age... That's gotta have some mental trauma. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, tell that to Warner. Just saying. So, the guards come in in Chapter 7. What a fun chapter. And she's prepared to die. Like, she's thinking, this is it. They're done with me. Mm -hmm. Like, sayonara kind of thing. <laughs> YOLO! Peace out, party people! We're done! Go! Would you fight back? No. You would just follow their orders? and just... I would be like, yep, just right here. Thank you. Because, like, do you okay. think it was because she felt like she deserved it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. She had been, like, when she got to the actual reestablishment place, she had been telling Adam, you can just kill me. Why don't you just kill me? Please just kill me. Yeah. So, like, she thinks she deserves to die. She's been, like, this guilt has been growing and manifesting for years. So, we learn Adam... <laughs> Is actually a soldier. Did you see that coming? Um, he seemed like he was trying to pump her for information. Like, to get her to talk. So I was like, hmm, is it because he recognizes her? Or is it because he's trying to pump her for information? 
like a wolf scarlet situation. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure. That. Yeah. I wasn't sure like what his motivations, motivations were. Like and I say we meet the head of the reestablishment okay. in this area. All I'm gonna say is her very first description of Warner was very similar to the very first description of Recent in Akotar. And I have this. Oh my gosh! I love that! Oh my gosh! We are so like. Yes! Written down, she describes him as beautiful. Okay, is this like a Reese Feyre situation? No, I literally like. I have that because I read those two series back to back. Right. And so when I was reading uh, Shatter Me, I was like, oh my gosh, wait. And that's kind of like, I never felt like, I kind of felt like there would potentially be some Warner Juliet interaction. Because, like, even to like the very end of this, like, this whole book, I was kind of like, I think they might try to, like, not, like, I think to head him off, he might try to make them an item. Just because there's six books and four novellas. And for Adam and Juliet to automatically be in love with each other, that feels too easy right. for something that will last this long. So I felt like there's going to be a problem with it at some point, and it's going to turn into either a love triangle thing or something. But I knew there was going to be some sort of, like, Warner Juliet based on just the first description of him being beautiful. Right. So anyway, we meet Warner, who is the head of the reestablishment I love Warner's section. character. And let's just say, like... As we meet him and talk to him, I almost feel like he needed to be in the same yes! more than Juliet. Okay, because here's the thing: like he's such a fun character to read about, though, because like yeah. he's so crazy and caught up in his own mind. Like it is so like interesting to read about, but yeah. also like okay, dude, let's just, you need therapy. Yes, let's just say how many different disorders does does Warner have? Oh, Definitely wow. OCD. Oh yeah, Def- I think he's on the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, he is, like, really meticulous. Especially really... when it got into his perspective during Destroy Me and his need to wear, like, socks, his need to, like, take baths, need to do this, this, this. Right. Also, that feels very, like, the way he was organizing his closet, I thought that was very much like someone on the spectrum. Or just somebody who's developed the routines to cope with. Oh, yeah. Maintaining control of some aspects mm-hmm. of but his life. But I will life, also say yeah. about being on the spectrum, kind of the way he thinks of everything logically yeah. instead of emotionally trying to consider every logical perspective, and it felt very much like absolutely yeah. agreed, agreed. But mm-hmm. you know, Adam and Warner both, like these are the two guys that she's introduced to, and really. they're polar opposites. Polar opposites. So she describes Warner as beautiful, and she describes Adam, even after he's been spying on her and everything, as gorgeous. <laughs> this girl. I mean, Ad- <laughs> Warner, like, stands on her back and puts his boot on her back, right, or whatever, when she mm-hmm. when he first meets her. I, I, I understand you're deprived, girl. It, you but- know, it feels like, it feels like in The Tempest, when uh, Miranda 
sees, like, the only two men she's ever known was her father and freaking Caliban, this monstrous fish person. And then she sees this, like, shipwrecked group of guys, and she's like, you guys are gorgeous, you're like gods! And I'm like, (laughs) it's Miranda, basically! Yeah. So, Warner has a proposition for her. Uh Uh-huh. And he wants her to torture people. Mm-hmm. On behalf of the reestablishment. Mm-hmm. And in return, she gets to live a life of luxury. So she gets beautiful dresses. She gets gourmet food. Well, no, the real decision is, okay, so, like, you die or you do this. Yeah. And she wants to die, but he won't kill her. So, like, there's not really an option. Right. But would you agree? Hell no. Would you? Maybe. For <laughs> For a warm shower. And- For a warm room, maybe. I mean, let's be honest here. Mother. There is something to be said about a nice, comfortable you, bed. You wouldn't get to bake cookies for people. No, I would bake cookies for the family after I... Wait, no, because you'd have to kill the entire family, too. Yes! <laughs> well, then I'd eat the cookies. <laughs> you just like to bury my feelings with Again, cookies. Therapy. You need establishment's therapist and like yo i gained like 14 pounds from cookies so they let we learned that they let like sick people die oh yeah there's no more prescription medication oh god so like i'd be gone you would be gone i would probably be gone from my anxiety and uh depression meds not being there yeah so we we'd be gone but you know there it's Kind of that mentality that only the fit survive. The strong will prevail. So, would you fight back? Like, would you... No. You know I have issues with confrontation. And so, Juliet starts noticing all of the luxury of the headquarters. Would you have made a scene? Would you have just broken down crying? I would have been crying, I think, because here's the thing is there are so many people Oh yeah, no, definitely dying because they don't have anything. But they and do you, have everything. They just don't share it. That you walk into the headquarters and it is just opulence upon opulence. It's and dripping in gold and diamonds and I mean that's I mean, I would be disgusted like like she was. Yeah. I, of course. It, it's disgusting. And then she has to have Adam live with her. Oh, this is like one of the best tropes. Almost as good as the one bed trope. Well, there is one bed. Fair enough. <laughs> but like he has to sleep on the floor so it doesn't really count. Because like, they're like, oh, there's only one bed. I'll just sleep on the floor. No, it's too cold for me to preserve body heat. That's the one bed trope. Yeah. This exactly. one, there's not that. So, I mean... To have somebody with you. I mean, they were already living together. Understood. But let's let's just sit here and talk a minute. Oh, God. Bathroom. Fair enough. There's one bathroom. I'd have issues. You would have issues. You'd be scared to poop. I'd be scared to poop. I mean, what happens <laughs> if you got a fart? You'd have to call your sister to come pick you up. <laughs> music <laughs> this would 
especially because you're describing it's a boy. But you're describing him as gorgeous. Yeah. It's kind of like you don't want to have a, a handsome gynecologist because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like embarrassing. Oh my god. <laughs> Other. <laughs> okay, so we gotta like move with the plot. Yes. So So anyway. Back and forth, back and forth. Juliet's got to eat with Warner. She's got to, like, be paraded around by him. He ends up murdering... Seamus Fletcher. One of the soldiers. Seamus Fletcher. Yes. And for going and... Stealing food. Stealing food and giving it or cavorting with... Rebels. Rebels. Which, that second one was never really confirmed. So, yes. How would you handle that situation? If I was Seamus Fletcher, if I was Juliet. If you were Juliet. I would, like, I don't know, I would be probably as shocked as she was and, like, go to hell. I'm working on it. Yeah. Like, I love that. Also, okay, one thing I never noticed was Juliet saying, your poor mother. And Warner's reaction to that like, was... Like, he, like, loses it. I was like, oh my gosh, Tana Muffy, the foreshadowing! Mm-hmm. Okay, because, like, that was something I never really noticed till like, one or two rereads ago. So, at Warner makes her torture the one toddler. of the soldiers. Oh, the sword- soldier. soldier. Yeah. Oh, God, I would feel so bad. I... I mean... There was no way to get out of that. There's no way to get out of it. And then we learned that Warner wants her to touch him. I know. Which I was like, is this some sort of like kink? (laughs) Well, that's what I was wondering. I was like, like, dude, is this some sort of like... Like, why would you want that? Like, you know, masochism? So, we didn't really discuss it, but Juliet can kill people just with touch. Yeah, which, I mean, that's gotta suck. So, that's part of why she's never been fully embraced and Mm -hmm. loved, because nobody can touch her. Yeah. And... Except for... Well, Warner tells her she's a bad girl, that she's just his type, and I'm like, ew. Uh, Yeah, no, I was very much like, ew. So, again, I kind of say, he's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. For Cocoa Puffs. But, you know... Adam keeps coming around and trying to be there for Juliet in secret, despite the fact that he betrayed her. Would you forgive? Would you forgive Adam? No. Well, okay, yes and no. Not as easily as she did. I probably would eventually, but not like that. So in chapter twenty-two. Adam confesses. Well, first of all, her bedroom cameras have been disabled. So, because, you know. She had a conversation with Warner. She had Warner. They came to an agreement. You know, he. Which, by the way, the first time I read that and she was like, take your shirt off. And I was like, girl. Like, just use her, like, hands. Take off your shirt. Okay. I'm just imagining Adam listening to this like, what is going on in there? So. Her bedroom cameras have been disabled. And Adam confesses to her, I've wanted to kiss you for so long. I was like, um, what? (laughs) Hello? Hello? (laughs) 
<laughs> so she admits then that she's been in love with Adam since she was 14. She doesn't even know what love is. Like, okay, I don't get me wrong. I think it's adorable in this book, but I'm just like... Well, I wrote down here, she's like my girls. Because my girls... Don't, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you... Establish... No. Don't you dare. I'm not saying names. I'm just saying my girls have established love connections back Why would you bring that up, though? I'm just saying. She's like my Shush. girls. Shush. <laughs> Shush. We, we, you said you'd never speak of that again. <laughs> so we learned Juliet hasn't looked in a mirror. Oh, yeah. And when would she have? It's like a lunar. Well, yes, but Sorry. it's because her mother had tortured her by saying, like, how awful she is and everything like that. So mm-hmm. she... She's a monster. She doesn't look she at herself. So, like, she doesn't even know, like, her eye color yeah. or anything. But I have to say, my favorite, favorite thing that happens in Chapter 23... Is we meet a Mr. Kenji. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. And I have to say, he's awesome. I love him! He might be my favorite fictional character of all time. I'm not certain, but he's up there. I adore Kenji Kishimoto. And I do believe, and this is what I was telling Alexis before, but not really giving out the thing. I have a funny comment here. I believe chapter 23 needs a warning. If you are hungry, you cannot read this chapter. Because she says, his lips are at my ear and he says nothing at all, but I melt. Hot butter dripping down his body. Oh my god. I want to eat every minute of this oh moment. Oh my god. And I have to say, this made me want to eat popcorn. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's what you got from that? You got like, oh, the seductive hot butter dripping down his body. I want popcorn. <laughs> wonder when she'll be mine she walked past a press rewind see that as one more time and i got this soda yes. <laughs> that's you you got that soda so, that's why i'm saying if you're hungry <laughs> wait to read this chapter what? oh my god not even like the chapters when they're eating something just for, oh my god <laughs> i love you so much mom <laughs> Yes, it is. Okay. 
So, continue on. Let's get towards, like, the biggest game, because we still have to get to destroy me. Yes. And we don't want this to go too long. So, she... Well, first of all, she's to torture a toddler, which... Oh, my God. Yeah. She's put in a room, and there's a toddler brought in. Like, she's wearing almost nothing. Like, next to nothing. Mm -hmm. A skimpy t-shirt. Skimpy tank top, like, thing. With booty shorts. And booty shorts. And... I mean, ew, Warner, come on. That's like pervy. pervy. Let's let's just call it out. Warner, you're a perv. Like yeah. you've got some major like issues. Issues. But she admits it right before this happens, she's like, she doesn't hate Warner. She feels sorry for him, whatever. He puts her in this room and makes her torture, torture a, a toddler. toddler. So the floor, like I don't remember what it, it was, was like, like spikes coming out of the spikes floor. Spikes coming out of the floor. So she, and she he was like, if you don't save her or if you don't save him, I won't either. So it's either she moves this toddler and tortures the toddler with her touch, which her, with her touch, because again she's like got nothing to protect the boy. Like she, I can't, mean, I would just take off my shirt. I honestly, I'll be. Like, I would have taken off my shirt too. I've been like, yo, take off the shirt, hold him like like baby cradle it. Right. So, she's messed up because of this. Oh, yeah, because of the trauma from when well, she, she killed the little boy. Well, she breaks through a yeah. So wall. she, well, that's what I was going to say. She breaks through a concrete wall. With her bare with hands. With her bare hands. And, like, pins Warner to the, to the and wall. And she's, like, like tiny. She's, yeah. like, four foot. He's, like, five nine. So, it's, like... Oh my god. I'm surprised she didn't crush his windpipe. Right. So she's like got uber strength. And like, I, I just like, Warner was like, don't you dare shoot her. While he's like being choked to death. Like, don't you dare shoot her. Because let's be honest. Like, this is beyond what he expected. expected. So like, she is the ultimate weapon. Yeah. So she's got superpower strength. She can kill anyone with her touch. Yeah, you can't kill me with your touch. Dang it! But, you so know. So I don't get cookies? No, you don't get cookies. Oh, me. man. It's impressive. So she's, like, done after this. Like, oh, she's yeah. She's, like, she's like, ugly crying. It's like, oh! No, it's like, hmm. hunt in the shower. Yeah. And then... So anyway, she gets taken back to her room. Adam comes and finds her. Adam comes and finds her. They have a passionate moment in the shower. And he tells her he's in love with her. I like that moment when he, like, goes to all like, the people that she helped. And, like, that moment was like, oh, my gosh, okay, I kind of ship it. Absolutely. So, by this point, we had kind of skipped this, but Adam had given her her notebook back. Mm-hmm. He had taken it out of the as- asylum and given it back to her, and she'd been hiding it. And she's put on a dress, mm-hmm. and Warner comes in, comes in, notices the outline, and finds her notebook, and puts two and two together, like, hey, I didn't give this to you. Where did you get this? Well, before that, you know, he rips a slit in her yeah, dress. Yeah, he rips a slit in her dress. Again, you're a perv, Warner. Gosh, Warner. Didn't have to, like, couldn't just reach into the pocket. Let's just rip a Well, no, 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 no. It's because there's a little hole in the dress from when Adam was getting all 
Yeah, well, yeah, but... Schmexy. And he rips that down into a slit, and then he takes it out of the pocket. So, anyway. Which, all the way, by the way, Warner, you may be a psychopath, you may be evil, but giving a girl dressed pockets is, like, the it's best cool. thing you could ever yeah, do. That Thank was you. cool. Thank you for that, Warner. So, Adam comes in, then. Puts a gun to Warner's head, and I'm like, yeah. shoot, 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 dang Warner it. tells Juliet he loves her. I mean, this girl's, like, insane, and she's got two guys, like, massively in love with her. I mean, it's like, okay, y'all have some kink going on there. You like the crazies. All right, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> and the immortal words of Jared Kleinman, kinky. Yeah. <laughs> so, Warner has figured out that Adam can touch Juliet. His reaction. I freaking love reading it. It's just so fun to read. Like, he's, like, going crazy. Like, I'm just imagining him tied up on the floor, like, wiggling like a worm. He can touch you, Juliet! He can touch you! Yes, exactly. It's so funny. It's just so funny to me. So, when you first read this, mm-hmm. you know, she jumps out the window to yeah. follow Adam up. Like, they're escaping. Mm-hmm. And then we learn Warner can also touch her. Do you think it's a power? Well, that's, I was like, is it a power or is it something like if somebody's in love with her, they can touch her? You know, like, is it only on people that have ill intentions? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when I was like, like, what is this that the two guys that love her can Love triangle. Her? Right. Which makes it more interesting, love triangle. So, yeah. So, she's, like, freaking out. Like, can mm-hmm. he, can he, like, did he realize he touched me? Of course, it was he's like water. He realizes everything. Yeah. Okay, so... You were saying... I was saying... What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Well, okay. So they're jumping out the window. They're escaping. Warner's going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He touches her leg and then, like, all hell breaks loose. Would you have told Adam right away that he touched her? Yeah, I would have. Mm -hmm. Because communication is key? People. Communication is key. Communication is key, party people! So they go to this nuclear power plant, like we had discussed earlier, mm-hmm. to... Get rid of Adam's tracker serum. Right. Because as a soldier, he has a tracker serum he's injected with. And any time he goes to this nuclear plant, he's got... It deactivates. Mm-hmm. So how does Warner not go there right away? I mean, yeah... I don't know. I think he does, but not, like, he has to take time to, you know, get untied away. Yeah. We also learn Adam stole a tank. Yeah. And so he takes Juliet into the tank, and they're going to his house. And it's like, dude, you've got a tank? You've got a house? Mm -hmm. Like, you're leading this secret second life. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. So, we get to Adam's house. And we meet James. And And James is the cutest little child ever. Yes. He's his, Adam's 10-year-old brother. Mm Mm-hmm. And he tells Juliet that Adam has talked a lot 
about her. That's like the one kid. Okay, do you remember the one kid whose birthday party I went to? And it was right before I was about to move again. And his grandma tells me, Oh, you're Alexis. I heard so much about you. Yeah. It's, it's like, like that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Awkward. But I have written here, James is 10. And adorable. He is the cutest I mean, he child. He is the cutest child. I it's so it. smart. He like, is. He's so emotionally intelligent. You know who he reminds me of? What? Max and the Renegades. Yeah. They would be exactly. such good friends. They would be best friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Totally agreed. Oh, and Max also reminds me of Juliet because like, they would be quarantined. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, <clears throat> James breaks up their makeout session with a bad dream. Like, the oh, first night... I like, almost started crying for him. It was like, you know, I could see the frustration on Adam's, Adam and... Ju- well, Adam and Juliet's yeah. side. But at the you same know, time, it's like, oh, you know... The poor child, but also, damn, the cock block. Yes. And then the next morning... James learns that Adam can touch Juliet. That's awfully convenient. And he is pissed. He is. It, I, I have written here too. James is so adorable. Even when he's cross. Because he was cross. He was cross. <laughs> you say in a British accent. Because yes. it's like, oh my gosh, you're cross with me. So, Adam describes Juliet as his girlfriend. But he's never actually asked her to be his girlfriend. So like, would you have been like, hold up, wait a minute. minute. You have not actually asked me. No, I've been like, (laughs) oh my god, he's his girlfriend. Yeah. Only if I liked him. If if I didn't like him back, then I'll be like, hold up. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not your girlfriend. But one of the things that I love about the end of this chapter, chapter 34, is that Juliet admits at this point now she has hope. And mm-hmm. where all her life she's been in despair and like thinking she should die and, and hating herself. Hating and herself, him. hating, you know, everything. You know, she has hope now that she can actually exist. Mm hmm. But part of me wants to be like, girl, you think Warner's going to let you just live on happily ever after? No, he's not. Of course he's not. (laughs) Put that hope to the side, girl. Start preparing for war. So someone's pounding on the door in the next chapter. Who did you think it was? Not Warner. You didn't think it was going to be Warner? Oh, hell no. Warner wouldn't use the door. So did you know who was going to be at the door? No, but it was the best moment of my entire life. Who walks in? Mr. Well, no one walks in. He has to be dragged in yeah. because he's been freaking shot in the leg. So, Kenji shows up. Okay, also, I will say, I love... I have no problem about shooting you in the back right now. Oh, don't worry, dude. I got a bullet in my back. Or my leg. I don't know. <laughs> he's the funniest character he of all time. I love him. I love him. Well, love even, him. like, he, he turns to Juliet. Well, first of all. Love his phrase, son of, of a motherless goat. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. We have to get t-shirts with yes. that. Yes. Son yes. of a motherless goat. Yes. Love that. And that's probably his, on Etsy. His reaction to Adam being able to touch Juliet. So it it's just, I love that. Kenji Kishimoto, I adore you. And he turns to Juliet and he's like, you know, 
you're pretty sexy for a psycho chick. I love him. I love him. Okay. And Adam is not amused with that. Okay. I will say the friendship between Kenji and Juliet is probably my favorite thing in this entire series because it's purely platonic. Yeah, he like jokes about her being sexy and whatnot, but like it's a purely platonic friendship. Right. And that's so rare to find between a guy and a girl in books these days. Well, Juliet lets Kenji down, right? She, like, says, yeah, without, like, not knowing how to define her and Adam's Adam. relationship. But, you know, it's it's so cute. Like, she is so out of her element here. You yeah. Know? Like, it's, <laughs> They're it, you know. They're polar opposites. So, I have a note here. Same. And I say, okay, Kenji reminds me of Thorn. He does, Press, but not as good. With the positive attitude, but he's cute. Where Thorn was just arrogant. Just saying. Okay, but Thorn wasn't as bad as you say he was. We, okay, we'll always We'll agree, agree to disagree. But, but I adore Kenji. He's way better than Thorn, in my opinion. Yes. Agreed. I freaking love him. I would marry him. I would marry him like that. So the fact that Kenji found them means to them that they have to leave run away. Because Kenji leave. hasn't had a tracker serum, just, uh, which by the way, I picked up on that immediately. They didn't, but I did. I was like, oh, sleeping in a giant field, that's the freaking... The, I thought that too. Like, yeah, I thought it was they didn't pick it up record. at all. So, they, Juliet and Adam leave to go find a vehicle. Well, they leave James and Kenji too. And they, they leave James with Kenji. <laughs> Would you, like, seriously? Yeah. I would. He didn't trust him like five minutes ago. Yes, but that was their only option. They couldn't bring James with them. Kenji was too interested to continue, so they had to leave James with Kenji. Yeah. And it was better than leaving James by himself. True. So, Juliet says, because moving forward is the only way to survive. Mm-hmm. And I love that quote. Yeah, it's a good sentiment. Because to me, that's kind of what life is. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be dealt, like, a shit sandwich. And, yeah, you might have to eat shit. But, you know what? You're still alive. You're still able to survive. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and life gives you lemons, and squeeze them in your enemy's eyes. <laughs> so. Who do they run upon or come face to face with? Warner. Warner! Of course he finds them. Adam gets shot. Right? So much for being so protective of Juliet. Now I'm too been shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't say anything. I've been shot, but like, come on, dude. Anyway, so he gets like taken away. So does she. She gets dragged she away. She gets dragged away. By Warner wearing no gloves because he knows he can touch her. And Warner has the nerve to say, God, I missed you, Juliet. And I was like, yuck. 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 This was a yuck moment for you? I was like, ew. Like, that's like... This was a yuck moment? That was a creepy moment, it for was, sure. It was. Okay, real quick. Backtrack. There's one line that I forgot to, I forgot to write down, but it just... It always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it. It was when they were escaping, he was talking to Adam, you out kill with pleasure. He turns to Juliet, but Juliet's the one I want forever. I never liked that line. That line, it just... It, it's... Ugh, it's me. cringy. It's cringy. It's also like, is he trying to do like some strange ass poetry? Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't even rhyme that well. But anyway, it's. Sorry. Yeah. So, 
Warner knows he can touch Juliet. And he kissy kisses her. He wants her to be with him. She wants her to want him. Right. Which, by the way, you can't control that. You can't make someone fall in love with you. So, Juliet decides to play along. Oh. Because she wants his gun. Mm-hmm. So, Warner kisses her. Would you play along with her, or would you just be like, hey, hello, bitch? I, I don't know what I would have done. But she feels an electric charge between them. There's some chemistry. Is it chemistry, or is it, like, powers fighting against each other? Like, I think it's chemistry. Yeah. There's some chemistry. Because, I mean, that's, again, I was saying from the very beginning, it kind of felt like we needed to have some sort of love triangle conflict with Warner. So, anyway... She pulls out his gun and shoots him right there. Hell yeah. And the look of shock on this boy. Like, he was not expecting that <laughs> at all. Which I don't get why he didn't expect that. Like, two seconds ago, she was like, oh my god, you killed Adam. I'm going to kill you for that. And then he kisses her. And then he's like, oh yeah, this will go well. Oh my gosh, I had never seen that coming. And I have to say, this scene right here is my favorite scene (laughs) of the book. Okay. Because, again, Juliet's always been kind of following the water, like not really... Going with the flow. Going with the flow, not really making waves herself. And this is her making waves. Making waves for herself. Like, she yes. followed Adam. She did all the plan with Adam. She did, you know, it's always been what everybody else is telling her what to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what she chose to do herself. Yeah. So, boom, my favorite scene right there. Boom. And she goes, tracks down Adam. Finds him in some place. She tears apart the steel door to get to him. Because she's freaking psychotic, but we love her. She's a psycho chick. So she rescues Adam. They go find Kenji. Go find Kenji. They Kenji says, I know a place we can go to be safe. And they they follow him. Adam, of course, is very, like... Out of it. Yeah, out of it. So they go and... Yes. James is asleep. Asleep because Kenji <laughs> gave him a sleeping pill. Dude, what in the right? Like, why would you do that? Like, Kenji, I love you, but you're a dumbass. Yeah. And Adam, like, is in and out kind of, like, pissed. Like, that when he finds he out. I would be pissed, too. You gave my kid a drug and you don't even know. I like, mean, he's not even his kid. It's his brother. Well, but still, I'd be pissed. Yeah, you don't know if there's, like, some sort of allergy to the medication that could just kill him. So, Kenji drugs Juliet because she's, like, losing it. Well, he like, doesn't drug, does he? No, he doesn't drug Well, Juliet. they, the the place that he's taken her to drugs her. Because he, she freaking attacks him! She freaking attacked him. Because she goes cuckoo for Cocoa like, Puffs. Well, well, not even about drugging Jane because she just doesn't trust him all of a sudden. Right, because he morphs into fun-loving, happy-go-lucky, quirky Kenji. Into, like, an authority figure at this place. Yeah. And so she's like, what the hell did you just do to us kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like... So, did you trust Kenji or did you think something like I that? was like, what the heck is going on? Well, I, I loved Kenji immediately. I was like, there's something. We, yeah. we gotta trust Kenji. There's some explanation to this. So, Juliet wakes up. 
And she sees Blondie, a.k.a. Winston. Yeah. And she's, like, realizing that she's in an actual, like, medical wing. Wing. They're wearing latex so they can touch her and clean her up and do all that kind of stuff. And Kenji was not immune to her touch. Yeah. I say, ouch. But that's what you get, though. <laughs> no, he does not deserve that. He's Kenji. And I love how cute Kenji is because he tells Juliet it must be difficult for her because <laughs> oh my God. looking at my face, realizing I was right, realizing you made the wrong decision, <laughs> he shrugs. I understand. I'm not a proud man, you know. I'd be willing to forgive you. <laughs> I love him so much. I love it. I love it. I laughed out loud. I did every single time I read anything from Kenji, I laugh out loud. And then, like, he realizes Juliet's naked under the blank, like, the sheet or whatever. And he's, like, staring he's like, at the you're sheet. naked? He and says, he's studying the sheet, trying to see, like... Oh my god, Kenji. <laughs> really? Are you that desperate to see keep, a naked lady? <laughs> keep it in your pants, Kenji. Keep it in your pants. And love Juliet calling out the fact that Winston's being a hypocrite. Hell yeah. Love it. Love it, love it. Because, like, yeah, like especially in, like, Kenji's culture, don't chop in the last name in half. Right. So, we learn that Castle, the leader of Omega Point. Oh, so what kind of name is Castle? Just saying. I don't know. Castle, the leader of Omega Point, wanted Juliet. Yeah. So everybody wants Juliet. Yep. Warner wanted Juliet. Castle, Castle wanted Juliet. Juliet. Adam wanted Juliet. <laughs> Everybody's in love with Juliet, but everybody wants Juliet. So Except for Juliet. Juliet doesn't want Juliet. You learn that this is the... Resistance. Resistance. She's, they've been taken to the Resistance... And Juliet is a little hesitant at first. Then she meets Brendan. And she meets Brendan. She's talking to the people there, mm-hmm. you know. She sees Adam. She sees Adam's been healed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Adam and James are going to be rooming with Kenji. She's going to be rooming, rooming with, with the Sonya girls. and Sarah. Yes, the girls, Sonia and Sarah, who are the healers there. And Juliet has this awesome costume. Superhero okay, costume. Real quick, though. Yeah. When Castle points out the extraordinary fact that Juliet can touch Adam, she should have immediately said, Warner can touch me, too. Yeah. Why does she not admit that? I mean, because I understand be... denial, but... No, because she had denial the first <laughs> time. Like, she kept convincing herself, well, maybe I should imagine that touch. She couldn't have imagined that whole kissing scene. And so, like... Girl needs to tell someone, because, like, if it means that Adam has a power because he can touch Juliet, then Warner must have one, and that's important for the Resistance to know. Right. So, like, putting aside all your personal drama, you should have said it right then and there. Yeah. Communication is key, people, right? I will clap. Communication is key, people! Yes. So, we end the book with Juliet being ready. She's ready to join this Resistance. Resistance. And I love that. Mm-hmm. So you want to get right into stars? This? I would say oh, stars, stars. My favorite and least favorite of this part. And then we get into Destroy Me. Okay. Stars, I gave this four. Same. Just because it, it doesn't 
it might have some of been the four and a half, but it was four. Like I said, some of the other books have yeah. a higher rating, so yes. in comparison, it's a four. And favorite scene I already said was my favorite is just anything with Kenji. I think that's gonna be the entire series. Anything yes, with anything Kenji. with Kenji. But mine was when she actually stole Warner's gun and shot. And then him. least favorite. Least favorite was probably when we first meet Adam. And, and he steals the bed. And he steals the bed and is, like, kind of jerky. Like, even when he snapped at her when he burnt his hand. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, you're a jerk. Yeah, I'd probably say that, too. Because, like, everything else was just, like, okay, no. I'd probably say their kind of conversation with the reestablishment. I kind of was like, okay, like, whatever. You know? Like, everything else is such, like, intense moments. It's like, okay, I get it. The reestablishment sucks. Like, this is, like, the classic dystopian stuff, you yeah. know? It's okay. nothing new. Okay. Okay. So those are our favorites and least favorites. Let's get into Destroy Me Down Destroy Now. Me. Which is my favorite novella. Yeah. Destroy Me is from Warner's perspective. After Juliet shoots him. I love his perspective. Again, I say it's so interesting to read. It also makes him much more sympathetic. Right. So, we learn... First of all, Warner... Has some feelings towards Adam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam, you best watch out because this boy's you coming for you. Your, watch your back. <laughs> okay, also, I love the narrator for Warner, Adam Vicus. He's like the perfect casting for Warner. I've never heard the audiobook, so I'll have to listen yeah, to that. But he's the to. perfect casting. And Kate Simpson is a really good Juliet, too. So, De La Lu. De La Lu. I love his name. Yeah. Is Adam's like second in command. You mean Warner? I mean Warner's second in command. And like he's scared shitless of Warner. Yeah. I okay, De La Lu is so sweet though. He's so <laughs> underrated. He is. Is that moment with them in the coffee? Le, yeah, but let me just say, having to go tell Warner that Adam, Adam got escaped. away. I would be afraid of, I would think I was going to get shot. I would too. I would be like, oh no, can can somebody else please? Don't just... shoot the messenger. Yeah. Warner doesn't understand that lesson. Don't shoot the messenger. He tells Warner about the stolen car and how it seemed to disappear off the radar. And it's like failure upon failure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be scared to death. Yeah. Warner, okay. Love him, hate him. It's. Yeah. I, okay, what I really loved was him explaining all these different situations that, like, made Juliet hate him. Like, that moment with Seamus Fletcher talking about the whole family. Right, exactly. So, that's why I love this novella, because we... He's still a bad person. Well, we see him as an out-and-out monster, I think, or at least mm-hmm. I did, mm-hmm. in Shatter Me. Like, oh, yeah. I thought he was a horrible person. A sexy and he's monster. Still, well, he still is, like, not a great person. But, like... We get some explanations. We get some explanations. So, we learn that he killed Seamus Fletcher. Because he was an abusive asshole. He was abusing his his children. Yes. He punched his 10-year-old daughter in the face till her jaw broke and two of her teeth fractured. He beat his wife so much that she lost her baby. Um, He pushed his son down the stairs. Yeah. He was starving them. So he used the him being a traitor as an excuse to shoot him. To shoot him. But what does Warner's dad do? Kills the rest of the family. Kills the whole family. 
because traitors' families don't deserve to live. So where Warner thought he was doing the family a service, he actually didn't because he ended up getting them all killed Mm -hmm. by calling him a traitor. So it's just, it sucks. Like, we learn that Warner despises his father. Yeah, I would too if he was my father. I would too, absolutely. So, Warner is mortified. Like, this whole novella, like, every time he starts thinking back to the situation, he's mortified. I would be too. Warner, I get you. I'd I be also, so embarrassed. I like how he, in, in his mind, he doesn't, like, he thought she would also want it, you know? Like, well, he didn't think he was forcing himself on her. So, like, he feels appalled at himself for trying right, to. Right, exactly. Which, no. I mean, I get never, ever, consent is always key. But the fact that he's also so appalled at himself for assuming consent. Is a little redeeming. I like that about yeah. him. Because a true villain wouldn't, like, see it as a problem. Right. So, like, he, we learned that he completely misinterpreted everything. Which is saying a lot for him. Right. He thought her getting happier and seeming more, you know, comfortable comfortable and all that was because she was... Finally opening up to him. Right. Like, they were talking every day. And so he was kind of seeing that progression. But in actuality, it was Adam. And he didn't realize that because... He didn't even consider it. And so, Warner admits that Juliet is the first person who has been real Mm -hmm. around him. Exactly why he loves her. And that's what I have. Is this why he loves her? Yes. It's because she doesn't pull her punches around him. She doesn't, you know, tell him anything, you know, just to win his good graces or anything. And, you know, it's... It's one of those situations where, you know, that's what you want mm-hmm. in a partner in life is somebody who, in his mind, you know, saw him for who he was and accepted him. Yeah. And now he's realizing, well, she didn't quite accept me for who I was. Yeah. She was accepting Adam, which is why he hates Adam so much. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, and then he finds you at journal. Yes. And his reaction really, like, hits me. Yes. Because both, it's good and bad. Bad because his obsession with Juliet kind of grows tenfold. But also good because, like, he really relates to her and he understands her in that moment. That's what, like, it makes me so sad. Because, like, the abuse from her parents, he relates to that. Like, her mom putting her hand in the fireplace. Right. My God. And, like... He is disgusting. Like, that's, like, something that you want from a reaction. You want someone to see that and be, oh, my God, that's horrifying. So, I had a question. Yes, ma'am. In Chapter 9, he says, using Juliet as a weapon wasn't the real reason for his research. I... What was he researching? We know. We can't say that, mother. Yes. We know. But, all right, listeners... Let us know in the comments on our Instagram what is the reason that Warner wanted Juliet in the first place if it wasn't for a weapon. Right. So, I was like... Because he was saying he was keeping up that guys around his soldiers and around his father, so even Adam wouldn't know the real reason. So, So, we can't trust everything that we've been told. Warner has painted himself in a way that he wanted... Everyone to think him as a monster. Right. 
So his motivations are a little different. And that's why, like I said, this novella is so interesting. Is so interesting because it shows how we perceive things aren't always the unreliable narrative. Yeah, narrative, yeah. exactly. So he is jealous of Adam. Oh yeah. Because Adam got to talk to Juliet in the asylum. Mm-hmm. Like this is how far like obsessed he is with Juliet. Yeah. And what like, are you, Romeo? You're gonna kill yourself if she dies? Well, no, but he it's like he wants to be the ultimate possessor of everything with Juliet. Well, he doesn't want to possess her. He partially, well, partially okay, he wants like he wants them to she, he wants her to want him. He wants to be like together. And he wants her, he's been trying to give her, like, the space to be her own person. He, she's, she's built up all these walls to try to make everyone else happy, and she, he wants her to break those down. Mm-hmm. It's not like he wants to possess her, he doesn't want her to have to build up those walls. He wants her to be her own person, and he wants that own person to want him. So it's kind of like a little bit of both, you know? It's so, not necessarily owning her. Warner announced that Kenji and Adam have committed treason. Mm-hmm. And should be executed on sight. Did you have a little panic attack? Yes, I did. I don't want. I was like, Adam, oh. Adam. I I generally don't care about Adam as much as I care about Kenji. Well, no, because if they found James with him, they kill <gasps> James too. Oh no! I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Oh. So I was like, oh, no. But anyway, okay. Oh. He's thinking about Juliet. Okay, again. wait. I just thought yeah. of something. What? They killed the entire family of traitors. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sidebar this later. Okay. For unravel me. Okay. Okay. So, he's thinking about Juliet. And thinks, this girl is destroying me. Roll credits. And Sorry. I'm like... Is it really her doing the Warner? Exactly. Is it really her destroying you? Or is it you destroying yourself for mm-hmm. this girl? And that's the thing is, like, that I find find so beautiful about this. Is it's, Yeah, it's beautiful. He is so sad. He is so, like... It's, <gasps> it's very much like, okay... Juliet fell in love with Adam because he was the only person who ever showed her kindness. Right. It's the same thing for Warner. Absolutely. And that's my point. And that's why, like, he's reading her journal and it's like she's speaking to him directly. Yeah. And it's like mind-fucking him beyond, <laughs> you know, yeah. anything. And it almost becomes obsessive with him oh, to read this journal. And... You know, having to deal with his father and hearing his, the way his father, like, abuses yeah. him. Yeah. So, like, and even, like, whether he realizes it or not, like, she's changing him. She is. Like, even early on, like, he treats De La Lu like crap because of the whole coffee and tea thing. Like, he, mm-hmm. like, yells at him. And then he comes to ask De La Lu for the coffee. He's like, where's the coffee? And he also thanks De La Lu. And he thanks point. him. And De La Lu's like ready to have a heart attack. Like, what the hell just happened here? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. You don't. It's, it's a pleasure to serve you always. I'm sorry, sir. Do we need to 
send you back to the medical wing? Like, do you have sepsis or something? Are you like, you know, (laughs) what's going on? But yeah, he ends up liking the coffee. And I wrote down, that's a good boy. Yes. <laughs> no, I love how he's like, oh, wow. I didn't expect De La Lu to have something so bitter to start his day with. I take it with cream and sugar. Yeah. Of course you do, De La Lu. <laughs> so, Warner. Okay, by the way, that laugh right there was very much Tigger. <laughs> no. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tigger is my favorite. I know. I you wanted to get a tattoo of him. Yes. But you didn't. I didn't. Loser. Yeah, I know. So... Warner's dad calls Warner out on his feelings for Juliet. And he tells Warner he wants Juliet dead. Like, would you be like Warner and break down? Hell yeah. Chapter 21. He, Warner says, I almost forget that she still hates me despite how hard I've fallen for her. And I've fallen so hard I've hit the ground, gone right through it. Never in my life have I felt this, nothing like this. I've felt shame and cowardice, weakness and strength. I've known terror and indifference, self-hate and general disgust. I've seen things that cannot be unseen. And yet I've known nothing like this terrible, horrible, paralyzing feeling. I feel crippled, desperate and out of control. And it keeps getting worse. Every day I feel sick, empty, and somehow aching. Love is a heartless bastard. Hell yeah. I'm driving myself insane. Wow. Just that is wow. gorgeous. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that, by far, is my favorite part of this novella. My favorite was part that is him playing with a dog and then singing Juliet. Well, yeah. Okay. So... He's going to the compound to kind of, like, check up on the people, because, like, he also has to get well, out first, of the house. Y- you forgot chapter 22. Oh, God. His dream with Juliet. Oh, God, we're talking about this? All I can say is that was intense. That was intense. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll leave that chapter there. We'll leave that there. chapter there. We're not going to get into smut here. Let me just say. That's very light smut, though. We were reading books together, you know, Back last year during the pandemic. Like, I would read a book. We would not be reading chapter 22. No, no, no. We would be reading books out loud with each other. That's what I'm saying. And then I would be warning you, okay, you're going to want to read this chapter by yourself. Yes. Chapter 22, I would have been reading by myself. Yeah. So if you're reading with a parent or whatever, read that chapter seven. I love reading with you, but certain books... It's very awkward to be sitting on the couch next to each other reading together. It's like, oh, don't look, look at me. This is like smut. You're reading with your mother and daughter. Yes. So exactly. Like, I love you, but like. Reading chapter 22 in a different room. By yourself. <laughs> yes. No, we even read Silver Flames in the same room together. And I was like, oh, shoot. Yes. Anyway. Okay. So chapter 23. End of the novella. Warner is playing with the dog. Which was so cute, by it the way. It was such it was a beautiful adorable. scene. I love yes. that so much. It was so unexpected for him. And I love how he was, like, carefree. And I have, I have written right here, he is human. He is human. And that's the thing is, when you look back on this, it's like, you know, with you, if you have horrible parents, is that his fault it's for not. how he is? It's, again, the nurture versus nature thing. And it's a self-survival kind of thing. Yeah. So he is the way he is to survive having father. a father who's awful. But we end it 
With him with seeing him seeing seeing Juliet. What did you think that was? I didn't know. Like, did you I think was, he was hallucinating her? Or do you well, think that's I didn't know. Like, especially after that whole intense dream thing. Okay, but the intense dream was so clearly a dream because his arm was healed. Understood. This one, his arm is still in the cast. No, I no no no. I'm saying because of that dream and her being on his mind and all that kind of stuff. Like, I wasn't sure. Is he just seeing somebody who looks similar to her and thinking like, oh, that's but then really... she disappeared anyway, and then she disappeared. So what did you think that was? I didn't know. So I guess we'll have to wait till next time to find we out. We'll have to wait till next time to find out. But well, thank you guys. What did you give oh, this? Oh yeah. Yes. How many stars? I gave this five stars. This is my favorite novella. I want to say I gave it initially four stars. I think, but I think I have I have to change that because I know I definitely rethink this one over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, I will still find myself thinking about things that happen oh, yeah. in this novella. Oh, so. yeah. I love this novella. So, yes. thank you so much for listening. You can find us at our email, motherdaughterbooktalk at gmail.com, on Instagram, at motherdaughterbooktalk. What are you looking at? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. You can find us on our Instagram, at motherdaughterbooktalk. <laughs> we can leave suggestions for future episodes and potentially be chosen to be featured on one of our episodes. And you can listen to us wherever you find your podcast. If you want to support this podcast and our future episodes, you can become a supporter through the link in our Instagram bio. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope you join us next time where we review Unravel Me and Fracture Me. Yes. Also, the head of Mafi. Thank you so much. Bye! Bye.